Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. Call us at 913-576-7610 or tweet us at 610 Sports KC using hashtag AP610. Here's Mike Wicketts and Editor-in-Chief at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. All right, it's a final 33-21. to 21. The Kansas City Chiefs end the preseason with a victory over the Green Bay Packers. And more importantly than that, Pete, the preseason has come to an end. Thank God. This is glorious. We can finally move on. The preseason's over. Eyes on week one, just, what, 10 days away from Kansas City Chiefs and Los Angeles Chargers week one. We've talked about the offense. We've talked about the defense. Doesn't matter anymore. The defense might have been bad in the preseason. The offense might have been okay, regardless of how they did. Even if they were, even if they were great, bad, good, whatever. It doesn't matter. Eyes to the regular season. Kent Swanson here as well. Kent, we made it. It's like crossing the finish line after a marathon where you run through alligators and snakes and over thirty foot walls. Every year it's like this. I've rode, I've ridden, I've, I've ran one mile in my life. Maybe two. <laughs> you played football. Shh, don't tell anybody. But you didn't run distances. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm excited. I'm ready for real football. The haze in the barn, as my coach would always say, there's, you know, we're, we're into real football now. It's time to uh, start talking about actual games that actually matter. Preseason week four is, it's essentially a necessary evil. You have to get through it there's the final evaluation for some of these guys trying to make the last spots in the team. Chiefs had a couple bright spots tonight. Armani Watts is one of them. SB Nation, during the draft, called this guy underrated, real underrated player, could be the most clutch player in the in the draft. And you saw him uh, grab two picks tonight. First one was okay. Second one was diving. Real impressive. The, yeah, the second interception was really impressive. I wasn't that amazed by the first one. I think he was just kind of in position and just kind of came to him. But uh, Brett Veach seemed kind of surprised that they got Armani Watts uh, when they did in day three. Uh, when he was talking, they weren't planning on taking a safety at that point. He They just kind of stumbled into him. They were planning on going a different direction. So um, hopefully they can get some value out of that fourth-round pick. Brett Corleone Veach in his <laughs> suit tonight after having a little linguine with clam sauce comes onto the broadcast. And I'll say this, too. We talked about how Andy Reid was above and beyond when it came to Ben Neiman, and so that's why we thought, you know, he's probably going to make this team because you really wouldn't would really wouldn't want to compliment a guy this much if you're going to throw him on the practice squad, try to sneak him on. I feel the same way about Brett Veach mentioning Daryl Williams during the broadcast. He mentioned him right along with those running backs. I think the Chiefs might be keeping four running backs here. Kind of, kind of sounded like they had a plan for him, right? I mean, it, yeah, he's incorporating him into that group. Oh, all these guys are over 200 pounds, really like what they can bring to the table. We're going to throw it all a lot, but we've got all these guys to hand it off to. Like, 
that that seems like he's he's in the plan. And it pains me to say this, but McGloin did look a little bit better than Chase Linton. Oh no, he it was he it did. was negligible. He did. He did. The, look at the body of work. Four, so, so, four, I, Kent, if you lose sleep sleep at all over the next ten days or the next twenty four hours over the Chiefs' third string quarterback. You got a lot of bigger problems in this world, my friend. Was that long wall Pat Mahomes or, or was it Matt McGloin? Because that, <laughs> I got a little confused looking at that. Hey, Chase Litton had that big play down to the field to Brett, uh, Byron Pringle too, though. He got in on he get on the action as well. All right, five seven six seven six ten. When you call in, I know you guys have ten days of season previews, and I don't know when you do your projected win loss total at ArrowheadPride.com. Six, Sixteen and zero. Sixteen and zero. Sure. When you call in tonight. Obviously, if you if you saw something tonight in the fourth preseason game, that's great. You're the minority. The question going forward is your predicted win-loss total for this Chiefs team as they are done with the preseason and they're looking ahead to the Los Angeles Chargers. And I want you to also answer two more wins if, two more losses if. So if you have I got them right now at seven and nine. Based on that schedule, based on how tough this is, based on this defense, I got them at seven, nine, seven and nine. I think they get two more wins if Eric Berry is the guy that everyone hopes that he is. I got two more losses if, I, gosh, if if nobody steps up and is able to play in that secondary, they're in a heap of trouble. Yeah, I, I've been teetering around the 10-6, and 9-7 mark. After watching the defense during the course of this preseason, I'm feeling a little bit worse about that. I'm, I may be down to the 8-8 eight and eight range, 9-7 and seven is the ceiling. Uh, I am just a little nervous about how this year can go just because I don't know if the Chiefs have the personnel. Like we said this in the pregame, if you're trading for cornerback mm-hmm. at the 11th hour and trading offensive lineman, someone who has starts to his name for you in the past, that's not a good situation to necessarily be in. And uh, is it good they're doing something? Yeah. Is it a sign that you're a secondary and you feel good about your secondary? Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. I uh, I'm kind of leaning towards eight and eight, nine and seven at this point. All right, eight and eight, but two more wins if if they can affect the quarterback. Yeah, uh, if if the if the front seven is able to generate a lot of pressure, that's what's going to um, to take this team to to the playoffs. If they're able to generate a lot of pressure, they've got four guys that they can throw at at, at the quarterbacks on the edge. I actually kind of like their edge group at this point. Um, that's that's the way they they win two more games than eight. Two more losses if. If Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. Well, that could be six more losses. Any season happens, this team season is over. All right, what about you? After watching these four preseason games and seeing this team, what would you say is your predicted record for the Chiefs? We're the first ones to get you in at 576-7610. Plus two more wins if and two more losses if. Let's start with Dan and KCK first up. Thanks for calling, Dan. Hey, guys, how you doing? I like the way I've seen in the defense tonight. Uh, Amari wants to fight great. I think with uh, two more wins, the Chiefs could be 11-5 and five and 12-4, and four, but that secondary is going to have to play good, and I think the defense line is going to race havoc. I think 11-4 and 12-4. Four and four. Thank you, guys. You too, bud. Thanks, Dan. 576-7610. Joe, follow that up. Yeah, let's face it. Uh, the biggest concern for everybody is absolutely going to be the defense and how many points Patrick Mahomes is going to try to have to score for that uh to make up for their lack of uh, consistency, and Mike Wicked sucks. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. You suck, Mike. I, <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> Not the first time I've been told that. All right, appreciate it, Joe. Five seven six seven six ten. Follow those two stellar phone calls up out of the gate here 
on a Thursday night. I do want to mention that there is someone tonight on offense who played out of their shoes. That was Byron Pringle. Four receptions, 122 yards, looking great. Awesome night. Only problem is he got hurt. And it looked like he almost popped his hamstring on the replay. And when they call it that quick, the Chiefs were so quick on social media to say he's out for the game. It just didn't seem right. And he, if you look at his face after the play, a little bit of like anger, almost to the point of, okay, I know my season's done type of anger. So in a deep, deep, deep wide receiver room, Pringle has an outstanding night. Looks like he has some really, I think, professional league hands. And so they may end up getting to keep this guy on the roster with IR. It could be a bad break for Pringle and a good break in a way, if you want to look at it like that, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, this wasn't a Tyler Bray mystery IR situation. This was. This looks like it could potentially be a real IR situation. It feels really bad for Byron Pringle because he played outstanding. You know, he averaged over 20, like it was around 24, 25 yards per catch in college, and he was doing that tonight. Actually, even more than that. It was 30 yards a catch. Um, I uh, I feel really bad for the kid. I really liked what I saw out of him, and I'm sure the Chiefs will keep him if he has to go on IR. They won't just release him. Too much of a logjam, though. I mean, I mean, look at it right now. Is it is is that wide receiver spot so? I want to say stacked, but it's, it's very top heavy. I mean, do they have room to keep extra guys around? I mean, you have Tyreek Hill, you have Sammy Watkins, Chris Conley, Demarcus Robinson. Those are your guys that are making this team this weekend. Then you have a bunch of other guys fighting for these last two spots. It's too much, and I that's my whole point. I, I think I don't want to dive into this rabbit hole of Sammy Watkins, but that's my problem with spending so much money on Sammy Watkins. These young receivers that you don't even know what they are, you could have had a couple of these young guys on this team and maybe not needed Sammy uh, with that contract and put that money elsewhere like to maybe the cornerbacks or the safeties or something like it. That being said, it's not the case. It's not what the Chiefs are right now. So you have these two spots, and it should be interesting. Is DeAnthony Thomas going to make the team? And if he does... Who is that last spot? It could be seven receivers that they keep. They said that on the broadcast today. It was a very shocking development because I don't know how they're going to be able to do that. But if they do keep seven, I mean, that makes it a little bit easier. But still, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of t- talent in the receiver room right now. I think I think Marcus Kemp is the one who makes his team. Yeah. I, I just wonder if there's going to be an extra spot for Dieter or for Chesson. A former draft pick. Five seven six seven six ten. If you're leaving Arrowhead, give us a ring. Let us know what you thought. And we're asking you your prediction for this team as we are now done with preseason football. Thank God. What's your prediction for wins uh, for a win total for this Chiefs team? And uh, two more wins if two more losses if. Give us a best and worst case scenario. Let's talk to Judy on six ten Sports Radio. Hi, Judy. Hello. Is this Mike Wicket? Yeah, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi. We just wondered what you thought of the Chiefs tonight. <laughs> Uh, it is a fourth preseason game, so you can't really evaluate a whole heck of a lot from this one. I got this team at 7-9. and nine. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Pete, you guys watched this team from training camp up until the end of this fourth preseason game. Uh, I, I know that your opinion is somewhere in that same ballpark. Yeah, I, I got them, I think, somewhere right around 500 at this point. I think that can improve as the year goes on. Like, if the defense can prove something, maybe, you know, they get to 9-7. and seven. If, the, if the offense can manage... And, and win a few games when the defense is not so good. That's something Mahomes was able to do at Texas Tech. Maybe it's a little bit better than that. Thanks for the phone call, Judy. Let's go to Andy in Overland Park. You're on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, I'm just leaving the stadium. All right, what would you think, man? Well, I thought it was good. Um, you know, actually, I was kind of more impressed by the backup quarterbacks than I thought it would be. <laughs> it, it's strange to get to that point, isn't it, with all the hype around Pat Mahomes? 
Exactly. Hey, I figure that they're going to go eight and eight. I think it's all going to be it's all going to be based upon the first six. I think if they go two and four, then they're two down. If they go four and two, then they're two up. That first six is rough. Appreciate the phone call, man. Uh, the first what what did we say? The first eight games brutal. I mean, the first four games are brutal. I know nobody wants to hear this, but I can see zero and four. I can see it. I don't think it'll happen. I think Andy Reid is good enough to get you at least one and maybe a split in those first four, but it's possible. The, the problem in the NFL, I think sometimes, and this is when you'll see losing streaks early on, is it's quicksand. You lose one game, and then all of a sudden it just runs into another one. And if they're close games, I mean, you see with this, the Los Angeles Chargers quite a bit in the last few years. They've How many games have they lost by less than a touchdown? And so sometimes those games don't run together, and you turn around, and you're like, well, we could have won all three games, but they are sitting 0-3 in a huge hole. I mean, that happened to the Chargers last year. They were a pretty good football team, but they started 0-4. Well, it's coach speak, but it's, it really is true. That's why these coaches are so intent on trying to get these guys moving on from their previous game and not trying to make one loss, too. And it, it is. It, it's, it's, it's a cliche, but that's really why these guys are so focused on trying to move on to the next play because there's no time for them to, to, to linger. Your first six, by the way, at Chargers, at Steelers, against the Garoppolo's, at the Broncos versus the Jags at Arrowhead Stadium, and then your sixth game back to New England, 820 on October 14th. One in five is not, I and, and I don't <laughs> want it to be one in five, but one in five is not out of the question. You think this team who... With, with this quarterback and go into New England and beat Tom Brady and the Patriots? The problem ne- isn't necessarily, like, I think Mahomes is going to put up points. I think Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill and Patrick Mahomes are enough to put up points. It's, is the Jaguars' offense going to be better than Chiefs' defense? Is Tom Brady going to have his way with David Amerson if he's still here? By the way, they'll put up points in L.A. They'll put up points, I think, against New England. They're not putting up a bunch of points against Jacksonville. The Jaguars' pass defense is so stellar. They're going to eat that kid alive. If he throws for over 250, over 200 yards, I'd be surprised. And luckily, they have Blake Bortles as uh, their quarterback. I mean, that's the one good thing. (laughs) Jalen Ramsey has been running his mouth all throughout the offseason. He was on NFL Network. He said he may end up uh, pressing Tyreek Hill. If he ends up doing that, he's probably going to get beat. I'm I'm here for it. I want to see it. I want to see what happens out of that. No, you're right though, Wicked. I mean, I I still I I would say eight and eight, nine and seven. My prediction. But that I, first half of the schedule is brutal. Is. I I wouldn't be surprised if they were one and five. Also, I do think that uh, the the back half of the season is very favorable to them. And that's you know if if Pat Mahomes is taking his lumps against those defenses, you could see him get hot in the back half of the season. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. But even that, and we're gonna go right back to the phones. I mean, all right, at Cleveland, no one has a clue about Cleveland. Everybody's sexy pick that wins you know nine games this year is Cleveland. I believe it when I see it in Arizona, but still. At the Rams, at Oakland, I have no idea what to make of Baltimore. Then they get the Chargers again, division game. Then they go to Seattle. Then they have Oakland in Week 17, another another division game. It's not a good schedule to have as bad of a defense as they looked at. <laughs> <laughs> it really That's isn't. true. Uh, right back to the phones. We go to Corey in Columbia. You're on, K, uh, on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Corey? I was trying to see you guys' opinion on oh, Daniel compared to the other linebackers that we have right now. Kent? Yeah, um, Dorian O'Daniel's kind of more of a sub-package linebacker. He's not a guy that's going to be rolling out there with the first team. They kind of look at him as like a, a little bit of safety to him. Um, he's more of a, a dime linebacker kind of role, and that's a role that they need to, to, to figure out because last year part of the reason that the defense was so bad 
was because in sub packages, they were struggling to stop the run. Dorian O'Daniel is the better version of what Daniel Sorensen was in the box last year. I like him. I think he's still trying to figure some stuff out. I think the game's a little too fast for him, but I think he's going to be a really solid piece that's going to see the field a lot because the Chiefs are in sub packages so much. To Brett Beach's credit, and I've been pretty hard on him a little bit lately, he said that Dorian O'Daniel would maybe have a third down role, and I think that's kind of what it's developing into. You You had mentioned he didn't really look like he was game ready at camp. I would tend to agree. But now it's looking like, okay, maybe he can play a little bit of that role-player role for this Chiefs defense. Well, yeah, the game's still kind of fast for him. He's still figuring it out. But he's got great – he's got a great um, key, like kind of a role as a special team or two. Like I think he's got a clear path to a lot of playing time there. And then they're in sub-packages so much, he's going to see the field plenty. Thanks, Corey. Josh and Bonner Springs, you're on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, man. Uh, I just wanted to try to get your guys' opinion on Armani Watt. Um, I know he was uh, playing against third and fourth string uh, quarterbacks tonight, uh, but he showed good discipline. He stayed in his spot. He made plays. Um, could we possibly be looking at uh, a future Eric Berry replacement when Eric Berry goes out? I think it's a little too early to call him Eric Berry's replacement. I was excited to see him tonight because I think you hate to be called this, but I, I look at Eric Murray, not Eric Berry, Eric Murray, and to me, that guy is just an average guy. Like, he's just a guy, you know, that, that uh, cliche saying they'll say in the National Football League, where tonight to me, and I understand it's all backups and things like that, but tonight to me, it looked like Armani Watts could be a playmaker. And we've been looking at this Chiefs team, and we're wondering who's going to replace the turnovers left by Marcus Peters because not a lot of these guys are known for, for turnovers. Where this kid tonight looks like he might have a nose for the ball, and like that was good to see. Even in this game, which is developmental, it was good to see that he potentially could be someone in the future that could cause turnovers for this defense because I didn't see it from other anyone anyone else. He does have a nose for a ball. He He was productive in college with the ball. Um, I don't think he's quite ready to step into a, even a starter's role at this point. I think he's still more of a rotational player, but there's still a lot to work with there. He's not the greatest athlete. He's not the best tackler, um, but I think there's enough there that he could you know, kind of carve a nice role out here in the future. But you know what I mean when I, when I say he seems like he has a little bit more pop to his game than an Eric Murray would. Uh, yeah, I think they're different players, but I and I do agree with you. I and think then, that's kind of around the 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 mold that he'll wind up being as far as like the kind of player he is, like sure. kind of a little bit maybe a little bit above replacement level, or you know just kind of an average starter. Five seven six seven six ten. That opens up a line for you. Good phone call. Let's talk to Keith in Grain Valley. You're next up on six ten Sports Radio. Hey, uh, just want to say the uh, Chiefs second team and third team looked really good tonight. Everything looked good. I I thought the team looked, you know, they, they they were all vibing, you know, like everyone looked like they had good team chemistry. You know, I'm I'm glad that Marcus Peters is out. I think taking that taking that cancer out, you know, opens up so much like opens up so much more. I feel bad for D'Anthony Thomas. I feel bad I feel like the doors are closing in on 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 him, he's such a small back, but he's so quick and and and, and agile. Hey, hey Keith, let me ask you a question. When you said you're glad the cancer Marcus Peters is gone because it opens up so much, what does it open up? Just team chemistry and not and not having to worry about one guy. Just you know, I mean, taking out one guy can just make a team better. I mean, it, I mean, you're not going to win if I mean it, it's just how sports is. You know, you have that one guy who who you know he plays a good game. He's a good guy. 
he's having fun, everyone's good. But if that one guy has a bad game, well, it 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 spreads. It's you know, it's a cancer. Okay, I still don't understand, but Keith, you're in. You're noted. You're down five seven six seven six ten. I still don't quite understand. And when I'm when I watch David Nelson get concussed, and we're going <laughs> Steve, with Steve, Steve Steve Nelson. Excuse me. When I watch <laughs> Steven Nelson get concussed and David Amerson, I'm getting my my other Mike's my, getting concussed. In here. I'm getting yeah. <laughs> And I watched David Amerson get shelled. They're signing in uh, Orlando Skandrick and the biggest news ever in the history of ArrowheadPride.com. <laughs> I mean, I, the amount of traffic you guys are getting based on a trade for an undrafted defensive back out of Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, we, we had a quite, a quite a number of readers <laughs> on the site at the same time wanting to know who this cornerback is that the Chiefs got the Chiefs trading earlier today. Parker Anger. We don't even know the exact details of the trade yet, but Parker Anger is heading to Dallas for... Charvarius? Charvarius Ward. Charvarius Charvarius. Ward. Still getting used to the name. Your newest Chiefs cornerback. We have a review right now at OurHeadPride.com. To his point, I think there was an aspect of this Marcus Peters deal, which was addition by subtraction. But to me, I think the bigger problem is that wasn't the only thing, and we never really got 100% Mm -hmm. of a reason on it, and, and I don't think we will for a long time. Unfortunately, have to move on at this point. The Chiefs are, and... Part of that moving on is trading for a cornerback at the last minute, and that, I think, is the status part of it. Let me ask a question real quick before a break, and I know we got to get to one. And, Ray, hang right there. We're going to get to you right after the break. And if you want to jump in, give us your win total prediction for the Chiefs. Now the preseason is over. You've seen Mahomes. You've seen the throw. You've seen the rest. Five seven six seven six ten, Or shoot us a text into the Pepper Jacks Grill famous Philly text line at 69306. Um, at what point will we stop? Talking about Marcus Peters not being here. Ooh, that's a very good question. Well, and think about that and answer it after we get to the, this break. Also, coming up, uh, show. Ronnie, the show is going to join us from uh, Show and Vern. He's got to go to bed, so we're going to get him up coming up next. Interesting. The show's, show's coming up next. That's interesting. He's calling in. We'll see what happens. Oh, man. This is going to be fun. Stay tuned. That's next. The 7th Street Casino, Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, it's Show and Vern here to tell you about the Radio.com app. Come on, boy. The home of 610 Sports Radio. Oh, not the home of 610, baby. You can listen live. Yeah. You can listen to the shows on demand. Oh, not the on demand page, boy. And you can listen to the fantastic podcast from 610 Sports Radio. No, not the on demand. Heck, it can even be used as an alarm clock. Oh, not to have you wake up, baby. It's the Radio.com app. Woo! Yowza. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show continuing on following the fourth preseason game. Happy to have you tonight. 33-21, the final Chiefs over the Packers. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett, and you're listening to 610 KCSP Kansas City, KRBZ HD2 Kansas City. Before we get to a very excited guest, a guest, I should say, I want to bring in Ray, who's in Kansas City. He's been hanging on. He dialed us up. Thanks for calling, Ray. You're on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing? All right. Uh, I would say we're going to go 97, man. I see us uh, go ahead and sweep it through the division again. And uh, maybe we lose the, uh, the Chargers one time. But uh, we catch a couple wins uh, uh, here and there. Ray, you got them uh, at nine and seven. How do they get to a, how do they get to eleven wins? Is there any way you see them getting to eleven wins? Two more wins if a couple of yeah. things go right. 
Yeah, I see that. Uh, get Marcus Peer back, and uh, we'll go to a <laughs> I don't see that happening, Ray. <laughs> you take care, man. You have yourself a good night. We appreciate you calling in. You just uh, heard our next guest. I'm a little worried about where this is going to go because I've heard about time in, time out. I've heard the two of you on the air together. From show and Vern, we welcome in Ronnie, the show. Ron, how are you tonight, my friend? Well, um, I've, been, um, I've been listening to this post-game show, and you guys are doing a great job. Um, and this is obviously a timeout with Pete. You guys are doing <laughs> a great job. I'm just, I'm just befuddled um, by some of the people. Here, Pete's trying to be really, really, really nice. Uh, by the end of the year, I'm sure Pete will just attack some of these um, just absolutely ridiculous statements being made. Um, What's ridiculous? Ron, Ron what is ridiculous that you've heard? Well, let me, let me get here. Williams, I think Williams, I was very impressed tonight by Williams. It's good to see him run the ball effectively and catch the ball out of the backfield. Armani Watts uh, showed the ability to turn the ball over. Um, and, and Pete Pringle, which uh, it looks like he's really, really injured, which is bad. It could be bad news for him. But I, I, I want to see the positive. There were some positive things that happened now, as Steve Harvey would say, that we got that out the way. <laughs> Oh, big, big deep I, um, sigh from my my boy over here. I don't, Keith. I don't know where Keith is. If you want to know how Keith knows he's lying to himself, whoever the caller is, Keith, and thank you for listening. And I hope you continue to listen when you call him a cancer, and then your response is, "It's okay, Wicked. We were all confused on what the hell he was talking about." I don't know what he's talking about. It's the it's whole cancer. idea of it's taking game a bad game. They come back and get him away. <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? All right, they didn't feel that way with Travis Kelsey. No one's saying get rid of him. I mean, I just I, – I don't know how you could look out here and look at this team. Listen, I went to M- Middle Tennessee State University. I'm going to tell you right now, Traverius Ward is not it. I've watched Blue Raider football. He is not it. Okay, and, and how you could look at this team and think, well, you know what, they're better off without Marcus Peters. All righty then. I just I, I I'm I'm blown away by this. Anyone preaching eleven and five, twelve and four, I do not know how in God's name you you've arrived there. I don't know how you can see that. I, I just don't know. And I'm with you, Wicked Hell, David Nelson. That's better. That sounds right. David Nelson, Steve Anderson. Uh, Lando, now, that sounds right. Hell, I'm with you. I didn't, I didn't think anything was wrong with what you, you misguided their names. I, it is just, it is just crazy talk. Ron, you were crazy talk. Y- you've, you, you've, you've been one of the people that's been befuddled by the Marcus Peters trade. I think more than anyone in the city. When you see that trade at the eleventh hour for a cornerback in Ward, at the end, basically of the day today, what's going through your mind? No, I, I, and we'll talk about this on Sean Burn 10, 10 to 2 tomorrow. Um, this is a cluster F, at the, and that's the best <laughs> language I can use right now. This is a cluster F at the highest proportion, um, what the Chiefs have done. I won't even get into Marcus Peters, okay? If you felt like you needed to let him go, that's great. You don't draft a corner into the sixth round. You get rid of your best corner. You don't draft a corner to the sixth round. And you bring in David Emerson, that's the thought. Like, come on, man. This the, the way they have handled the situation, the way that they have attacked this this cornerback decision 
is absolutely horrible. This isn't hindsight. I don't think I think a lot of people in the league were like, David Emerson, huh? Steve Nelson's gonna be an outside starting corner? Like when your season has depended on Steve Nelson getting hurt as a and your cornerback situation goes to hell in a handbasket. That's a problem on you. And this is a cluster F in the last <laughs> couple of weeks that they've had to go and get Lando Scandrick and Traverius Tra- Ward to trade a offensive lineman, which when he played last year was the best your offense looked two years ago, excuse me, and Parker ain't. And you, you've put yourself in this situation to where some of those kids that played today, Tremont Smith, who got burnt, like J.C. Pearson, those guys sitting up here, those guys may have to play. Yeah. But you put this as a cluster F at the biggest order, that I, and, and it, it's, it's, it should be frustrating beyond frustrating with Chiefs fans. Even if you're not one who thinks, even if you're one who thinks Marcus Peters should have been gone, that's fine. I don't agree with you. Whatever. Yeah, you I, cannot be thinking, well, this was the plan. I would tend to agree. I, I think with Marcus Peters gone, there was no appearance of any backup plan at all from Brett Veach. And that's on Veach, and that's on Andy Reid, who, again, I remind everyone, signs off on every decision that comes out of that building and don't have any other question otherwise. Now, Ron, I wanted to just ask you, you I, I want to just ask you, uh, preseason as a whole, Going in and now going out, headed into L.A., what changed for you over the course of these four games? Then we'll get you out of here. Um, I I am more encouraged uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I I judge Patrick as a as a rookie quarterback. All right, and and this is why I can't get with people going <laughs> going above five hundred. Look, guys, I hate to break it to you, he was. He was much better at Texas Tech than he will be next year, just in that league with those players. He was much better at Texas Tech uh, his last year. They won five games, and they had a dreadful defense, too. This is the National Football League. they got one of the toughest schedules in football, and this is going to be his first year starting. And granted, he has talent offensively, but, my God, he couldn't win, five, wouldn't win six games in the Big 12 at Texas Tech. They play Kansas. So I mean I'm just and so so I I am encouraged by him but overall like the defense is much worse than I even I expected um and I'm I'm encouraged by Mahomes I'm encouraged by Kareem Hunt uh but uh it it is really hard to get over what the front office has done in the back end of the secondary, and it is overshadowed even more that they've also not really, in my opinion, seriously done anything with the pass rush either. So, more positivity coming tomorrow between 10 and 2 with Show and Vern. <laughs> Show, good to talk to you, man. All right, man. You guys have a good one. Get some sleep. Man, I love hitting that hang up button. <laughs> <laughs> You were itching about two minutes ago into his first uh, answer. I was professional. I let him talk, but it just hitting that button. I know we didn't really cut him off, but just hitting that button. You, you were feeling good about made that? I feel good. I feel, I feel empowered. Show and Vern tomorrow, 10 to 2, here on 610 Sports Radio. What do you guys think about the name Orlandovin Scandalson that combines all the <laughs> craptastic secondary members they have or defensive backs? Orlando Scandrick, David Anderson, or, and uh, David Amerson. 
and also uh, Steven Nelson, putting them all together. So it's a three-headed hydra of right. average quarterback <laughs> or quarterbacking. I There's another part to this, too, and we, we talked about it a little bit today, and it's not really getting a ton of play. Kent, I watched you on draft night. We were in constant communication. You were very upset when the Chiefs selected Breland Speaks. Now you've seen an offseason. Now you've watched him a little bit of training camp. you got an opportunity to come up a few days. You've seen him through the preseason games. How are you feeling about that draft pick right now with this new information heading into week one? <sighs> Buddy, sore subject. I'm still trying to figure out why they value him as an edge rusher. He kind of played in and out of that position. He kicked inside a lot. 6'3", 280-plus pounds. He still looks like an interior defensive lineman. I'm I'm standing here. I'm asking that we start calling him 5-tech, which is a defensive <laughs> line position. I, I I don't see him as an edge rusher, and we've been talking about it a lot within the with the nerd squad, Bar, uh, Craig Stout and Matt Lang. We're not really seeing enough to say this guy can hold up as a def- as an edge. He's good um, in run defense. He's good at pushing the pocket, but he can't bend the edge. And it's it's it. I I don't understand the value of a top fifty pick for this guy at this point. I hope I'm wrong. I thought he was a fourth-round player coming out. I hope I'm wrong on this, but I just see a guy with a narrow skill set that has a couple traits that you can use but isn't going to be a guy that you can hang your hat on in pass rush. We'll see. I think the the worst thing about just how this offseason has gone is it seems so simple, and it just, at this point, and I understand we haven't played one game yet, so please understand that I under, I know that, but all we have to work with is what we've seen, Right. So we feel okay about the offense. We feel like the offense is going to be there. I think that has the potential to be top five, top ten. Just to see the absolute ignoring of a need at cornerback when you traded away your all-pro and you have Steve Nelson, and your answer is Steve Nelson, and you decide not to pick anyone high in the draft. You go with someone you're really not sure of, and Breland speaks, if he can play the edge rusher position, and at the same time, you spend money on a wide receiver position when you're going to have to cut players on Saturday that will be on other teams. And you could have spent that money that you spent on Watkins on the secondary position. So just this kind of is starting to get the feel of – because if you're 8-8 eight and eight and you don't make the playoffs, you, you might as well be 2-14 two and two and 14 and get a, get a high draft pick. You know what I mean? So you're almost looking at what could potentially be a wasted year. Again, I understand no real games have been played yet. I get that. But just based on the information we have in this training camp, it just it's not – you don't leave training camp and this preseason feeling great about this team. Just trying to get an understanding of the vision that this de- that the team has for their defense. I think what they were expecting is they were going to bank on Steven Nelson taking a step forward in a contract year. They were going to bet on themselves and their coaching staff to develop David Amerson enough to, to – develop consistency and then they were going to hope for a guy like Tremont Smith to be able to step in as the fourth corner and then you throw that in tandem with as many changes as they made to the front seven hoping that they were going to be able to affect the quarterback and get pressure and and throw a lot of nice like a lot of good bodies at them I think that was the vision we'll see if it pans out like what if you go into week one in LA and like Alex Smith was able to do, Mahomes scores first two drives. You end up building a 21-point lead, and then we just see the defense unravel again. And it's like it feels 
like it's Tennessee all over again. I mean, that's just not going to be a good taste in your mouth. And I'm, I'm hoping that isn't the case. But what leads you to believe otherwise at this point? Nothing. There's, nothing. There's not a ton that you can look at and go, okay, I, I'm, I'm excited about this defense. I think it's just a hope that they have enough depth to, to be able to handle injuries and enough depth to be able to, to rush the passer and keep guys fresh. Coming up, we'll get back to your phone calls. 576-7610. It is uh, finally over. <laughs> the fourth preseason game comes to an end. Chiefs over the Packers, 33-21. We'll get to more of your phone calls. Also, you can text in to 69306. We're going to hear from Chad Henney. We're going to hear from Chase Litton. We're going to hear from Armani Watts after a big game today. Plus, we're waiting on Andy Reid. We'll get all that to you. What have you seen in this preseason as we get ready for week one against the L.A. Chargers? What's your prediction? Your win-loss total? Going around the room, we're all hovering around 7-8-9 right now. How would they get two more wins? How do you see him getting two more losses? If you're leaving Arrowhead, give us a call and let us know how tailgating went today. Did they start to nudge you into the stadium a little bit early? 576-7610. More of your calls coming up next. The 7th Street Casino, Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. What if I told you there was a website that was a one-stop shop for all of your Kansas City Chiefs news? What if I told you that site provided headlines, two-the-minute updates, film reviews, hot takes, Chiefs videos, and more? What if I told you there was no Chiefs website on the planet that updated their site more often? All Chiefs all the time. Arrowheadpride.com. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson from Arrowheadpride.com. I'm Mike Wickett. It's the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Halftime Show, 576-7610, or you can text in at 69306 to the Pepper Jacks Grill Famous Philly text line. Preseason over, 33-21 the final at Arrowhead. If you're leaving the stadium, give us a call, 576-7610. Chiefs over the Packers, final score, 33-21. Ryan in Warrensburg's been hanging on. We appreciate that. What's up, Ryan? Oh, I hit the wrong button. Ryan, now you're on the air. I hit the wrong button. Okay. Go ahead, buddy. All right. Here, here's the deal. we got to talk about this Marcus Peters thing from a different angle. Um. I, I keep hearing people talk about uh, the lack of a plan and all the replacements, and we're naming guys like Amerson and Steven Nelson and Skandrick and the guy that they traded for today. But I don't think that anyone's looking at this from the Chiefs' perspective, which is they replaced Marcus Peters with Kendall Fuller. And I, I'm not saying that they're right for that. I, I think it was pretty ridiculous to have acquired Kendall Fuller and then turn around and trade Marcus Peters when – you were looking at a top five cornerback tandem for a week. But I do think that the Chiefs decided that guys like David Amerson and Orlando Skandrick, these are guys that are replacing Terrence Mitchell and Darrell Revis and Kenneth Acker. They're not replacing Marcus Peters. That is Kendall Fuller's job. I just want to make sure that everyone is, is actually looking at that because as you keep having this discussion, no one is mentioning Kendall Fuller's name. We're talking about Marcus Peters and then all the guys that we don't seem to like. I think he's right. I think Ryan is right. I, I think that they, that from our perspective as fans, I think from your perspective, you're looking at it as they got rid of Peters and look what they put in his place. But from their perspective, they didn't think they needed a one and a one a corner. Pete, they looked, I think they looked at this and said, we got a one number one. We'll figure the rest out. I understand. And, and he's correct. I think that was their thought for sure. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you still as a team and organization could have had Kendall Fuller and Marcus Peters on the same team and let that go when it could have meant definite division win 
who knows in the playoffs because you never know, is egregious. Here's the funny thing about this whole Marcus Peters situation. We haven't really even seen the realization of the assets that they acquired for him because the biggest piece no. that they got is in the 2019 draft. So the funny thing is they really they could have had basically everything they have right now on this team and Marcus Peters. Course, that's what's bad. That's that is what kind of like I the idea of having both those guys on the field like I I when it when it happened when when Kendall Fuller was traded for the the idea of having both those guys on the field was just mind-boggling. I think that's part of it too. It's just we had it here for a week or two. He said a week. And 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 that week was just like, okay, um if Pat's good, this team can win the Super Bowl. Letting down a potential for a number 1 top 5 defense. I don't I understand what he's saying and he's correct. That they were they were definitely yeah. figuring, okay, Fuller's going right. to replace Peter. Right. But letting go that potential, because what do they say about these two guys? They shut down sides of the field. So you're looking at what? Who are they going to throw to with these two guys in the field? Especially at the time, you didn't know that Eric Berry was going to be maybe injured, things like that. So you were looking at the time, Eric Berry with whoever, maybe Sorensen, maybe Murray, whatever, and these two colossal cornerbacks on either side. How do you let that go? I think that might be part of the frustration, too. I think that one-week window where it was just like, we have the best cornerback tandem in football, maybe that one-week period actually made everything and magnified everything a little bit more just because of that, because everybody saw the potential for that, and then it went away. Thanks for the phone call, Ryan. Double J, you're next up on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you doing tonight? All right. Hey, I just want to say, uh, it was it was good to see the offense uh, put some points up on the board. Uh, saw some snatches from the defense tonight. Uh, but in all, all in all, it was a great game. And I uh, saw some good things from special teams. And it, it just was a good game. Did they have preseason over? Did they have the preseason is over? Now I'm ready for the regular season. I, I wish they would get rid of preseason. It's a waste sometimes. But. Well, it's boring for fans, especially when you get into week four, but it's vital for organizations. So they, they have to do it because they got cut down day coming up in a day or two, and they got to get from 90 to 53. A lot of the undrafted free agents that they've brought in in this offseason had a very nice game. We saw a lot of good mm-hmm. things from a lot of guys that have been pushing for an opportunity on the 53-man roster, and they all did a lot of things to build their case. Yeah, it seems like the undrafted free agents do have talent, so as we do kill Veach for not having the right cornerback that they are looking for and, and need. It is it is worth saying that he's brought in some players that really anyone ha- could have had and maybe making them into a, a, a player who can make the 53-man roster. Yeah, the, do, would you want a starter, a cornerback? Of course, but he, he does deserve credit for that as well. Thanks, Double J. Mr. Jackson in Kansas City, you're next up on yeah, 610 Sports Radio. What's up, man? Yes, I've been watching the season going preseason. Me and my cousin and my family, I'm an ex-arena football player. Not saying nothing wrong with Mr. Sutton. Not saying nothing wrong with Lynn Dawson or the way you guys are leading off on your commentation. But I'm tired of, personally, I'm tired of hearing we're going to go there, we're going to go there, we're going to buy memorabilia to fill players' pockets. I want to go to the dance. I want to win one. You know, it's bigger than talking about it. It could take a linebacker, a coordinator up in the booth. And I'll I compete up against Mr. Sutton. 
and take us home to get a win, a victory, if I have to. It won't cost that much for Andy to interview me. Well, I'd get on LinkedIn. I like it, that guy. I like Mr. Jackson. I'd get on LinkedIn. I'd, I'd send a resume over to the to the Chiefs. I like his energy. I and, do like his energy. And look, I like him more than Bob Sutton already. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I like his Unreal. strategy. Unreal. Hey, appreciate that phone call, my friend. Let's talk to Sean and Gardner next up on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Sean? Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? All right, man. Shawnee. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. That the whole debacle with uh, the cornerback position, it's one of those things where it's, hey, let's put someone young. Let's let's toss someone into the fire and see if they sink or swim. Skandrick, yeah, he just showed up. Amerson, Amerson hasn't done anything to impress anyone. Who was the guy all over the field tonight? Well, there's two of them, but... Armani Watts. But number 38. I don't even know the backstory on the guy. Arian Springs. Number 38 is Arian Springs. Yeah. Springs. So that guy in there, week one, is a starter. It Just to prove a point to Amerson and Skandrick, like, hey, pick your game up. Well, neither one. Well, Skandrick, maybe. But Amerson may not be there to be told. Step your game up. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I mean, we got cut down day coming soon. I do like one of the things that guy brought up. Um, Thank you for the phone call, Sean. It was Sean. a very good call, actually. Um, One of the things that I am kind of curious to see when we find out who made the roster on Saturday is, there. He, to his point, I do like the idea of throwing some of these young guys into the fire. Not necessarily starting opposite of Kendall Fuller, but when it comes to some of these undrafted free agent rookie guys or a, a player like Frank Zombo making the roster, My guy. let's put some of these young guys and throw them into the fire, put them under roster control for three or club control for three years. Let's get some inject. Let's inject some youth into this, into this uh, organization. If the, if it comes down to a guy like Frank Zombo or Ben Neiman, if they don't take Ben Neiman, I'm going to lose I, my mind. I think really relax. I think no, <laughs> I will not. No, you are allowed to freak out. In the, I after think the preseason I, game. I will write. 3,000 words for you to edit about why Frank uh, Zombo should not be on the roster hey, over Ben Neiman if that happens. Not a huge fan of more than two grand, uh, as my writers will tell me. Uh, Don't I, listen to that. I'm with you, and I, I think that's the push. I think the mindset of this regime now is to get younger and to go with that aggressive mindset. And you know how old Marcus Peters is? <laughs> I'm just telling you. 24. He's 25. 25. He just turned 25. He'll be 26 till next year. I think this is the, I think I think this is the final test to that younger, faster, cheaper though. Because yeah. Dave Tobe has had a lot of influence on who makes this roster. At the bottom of the roster, Dave Tobe has influence on the special team side of it. This is the last test for the younger, faster, cheaper model that they keep claiming that they're trying to approach. If they move on from Frank Zombo, if they move on from guys like that, I'm gonna feel a lot better about that whole initiative. And I really hope that they do that. I think it's beneficial for their future too. Yeah, and I, I I do see that it, it does. You have to wait till Saturday to get confirmation of the direction that they'll go in. But I cannot see them at this point moving on from Neiman for 
example a guy like Zombo. Well, it's not even Ben Neiman. Daryl Williams has shown a lot. Arian Springs has shown a lot. Ryan Hunter's shown a little bit here and there. Like, they've got a lot of guys that are kind of in the mix there, and I hope most of those undrafted free agents are the ones that get the benefit of take, getting on this roster over some of these older guys. Let's go out to Olathe and talk to Don next up on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, Don. Hey, uh, how you doing there, Pride? Yeah, um, you know, uh, Marcus Peters, man, he, he F-bombed his way out of town. I mean, he's dead to me. I don't know what more talk about him than in other players on the team. And uh, Watts, Watts is probably going to be Barry's replacement being groomed, but it, what's the possibility of him starting that first game? Because I'm not hearing no good news about Eric from nobody. Date to watch again for Eric Berry, I would say, is this coming Wednesday, September 5th. If reports come out of practice that Eric Berry is either limited or not practicing on September 5th, then I think there's finally a lot more to worry about than the Chiefs have been letting on. He's had a sore heel. He hasn't practiced since August 11th. It's August 30th, so the days just keep piling up. And he's your most important defensive player. So that is real. I mean, you want to talk about players in the team. You want to not talk about Marcus Peters. What's really on the team is Eric Berry and a really inexperienced safety position if he cannot go. It's going to be on my mind until Eric Berry sees the field for practice. And even after that, I'm still, I, I keep feeling I'm not excited. I don't think he's going to play 16 games. I think it's looking more like it's going to wind up being like 13 by the end of the season when it's all said and done. I thought this was a good text from the Pepper Jacks Grill famous Philly text line from the 678 guys. We're sitting here killing the Chiefs over what happened with his secondary when the blame falls to Clark Hunt, him and some big money fans wanted Peters gone, so they forced Veach and Andy to let him go. I commend Veach for finding pieces he did for the secondary, and I'm willing to hold judgment on secondary until I see them play in a real game with real defensive schemes and adjustments and real plays are being made. I, I don't like that text. Your level-headedness is not good for sports talk radio. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> You're supposed to be reactionary and firing people in I, the preseason. It's it's the lead. I mean, I it, it, you tend to think that it was the leadership, and and it, it is tough. It, it, it's a catch twenty two because, hey, catch twenty two. I just walked myself into something. Oh, something oh like, my god! It's oh a it's god. a catch twenty two because you you want to move on and you want to look at this team, but when you see the sorry cornerbacks <laughs> on this team that are getting burnt in this preseason to the Bears' second team in the third preseason game. I can't help but think about Marcus Peters. And if you can move on from that and not think of him when you're seeing the Bears 2 roll over your number one defense, then that's that's good for you. But it's just hard for me not to think about that. All right, coming up, we're going to hear from Armani Watts. Also, more of your phone calls. Don, thank you for yours. If you're on hold, we'll get to you. Bill, also Sherry, stick right there. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, Mike Wickett with you. 576-7610. More of your calls coming up. And we'll hear from Andy Reid next. Seventh Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on Six Ten Sports Radio. Seventh Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game here on Six Ten Sports Radio. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, I'm Mike Wicket. Five seven six seven six ten Chiefs over the Packers. 33-21, preseason over. Give us a ring. If you're leaving Arrowhead, let us know what you thought, what you saw, what you project for this year, and how was tailgating? Sherry and Shawnee's been hanging. We appreciate your patience, patience Sherry. Go ahead. Oh, not a problem. Um, 
I just wanted to, I think I, a few colors back and everybody was trying to figure out what he was saying. The only thing I could come up with is, I know you're going to have your name players, but it takes everyone, no matter what, to win the Super Bowl. Agreed. Now, as far as Marcus Peters, I I miss the guy. He was a great guy. But I think toward the end, it wasn't his stuff going off the field. It was the on-the-field conduct. But I think the last straw came in. Because I was just watching, you know, whenever the 12-yard penalties and or he'd have to leave or be suspended or whatever. But that last time when he walked off the field, his teammates were going, where is he? Because they're going, getting ready to go back, you know, to play. No one knew where he was. Well, there's no doubt it was a bonehead move. Uh, it was a total mistake, and he got suspended for it. I mean, there, no one is sitting here saying, wow, what a great move by Marcus Peters. But if he got punished for it, how long do you punish him? I mean, did they know at that night, in that moment, when he came back and he didn't have his socks on and he gave his gloves away, did the Chiefs know at that moment, we're getting rid of this guy? Because he made a mistake and he got suspended for a game for it. And everybody says the Chiefs played so much better without him. Yeah, I still don't care. <laughs> I mean, you see him in that postseason? You see him at the run at the end? He's the guy that that, that they needed. Um, and I, I asked you guys this question earlier, kind of in jest, but I truly mean this. Will we talk about Marcus Peters through the regular season? When do we stop talking about the one that got away? I think when the Chiefs come up with a replacement on the other side. I mean, I, the biggest thing. So twenty twenty two. I think the biggest thing, and and I think the as Kent you were alluding to earlier was the fact that Kendall Fuller and Marcus Peters, two all pro caliber players, were on the team, and you chose to walk away from that. And the replacement players for Peters, because that, you know, we had the earlier call, which was true, but the replacement players that you had at the time for Peters aren't even close. Right. They're not even close. I and, think, no. And so anytime one of those guys gets burnt, I'm going to think of it. Doesn't mean we need to bring it up necessarily every time, but if it's on the minds of people, and we know, I mean, as much as you want to put it out of your head, if Pat Mahomes is scoring. 14, 21 points, 24 points, and you're losing games because that other side of the field is getting burnt left and right, you're going to think about it. I think it's just looking at it as a whole almost, too. I think as if the if the secondary is not losing the team games and the Chiefs are having success, I don't think we're going to hear very many calls about Marcus Peters. But to your point, whenever there's a big, glaring, obvious moment in the game where the corners do something that cost them a game. Mm-hmm. That's those are the moments that right. it's going to be there, and it probably will be there for three, four years. But the pr- the truth of the matter is, I don't think Marcus Peters was going to sign resign here anyway. So I think his time was limited here, regardless. Would have been nice to have him for one year, though. Would have been would nice have to been have nice him, to have him there, for one year. There's another way that this can be alleviated as well is if L.A. doesn't work out. Right. For, for example, if he takes a step back, or if we see similar uh, ways that. He acted towards the end of his tenure, and he sort of implodes in L.A., and fans are like, well, all you guys, you'll, you'll know you'll hear from them. And because you hear from them now, they'll be like, see, we told you so. You should have gotten rid of him. 
that that you'll hear as well. And I think that'll be the end of well, you wanna, what, what could have been. And, and Sherry, thank you for your phone call. You want to know what this could have been, Kendall Fuller and Marcus Peters? Just watch what Aqib Dalib and Marcus Peters are. And for what it's worth, I don't know if that's necessarily a good situation either. I think you give that team a skid with all those personalities, it's going to be trouble as well. So it's not not it's not like it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows necessarily in L.A. either. That's going to be a really fascinating experiment in L.A. And I obviously, Wouldn't you want to be a fly on the wall? I yeah I I mean no for sure because you've got Wade Phillips you know trying to manage a bunch of big bold personalities for the Chiefs' sake you kind of want it to implode because if the Rams aren't very good the second round pick that they're getting in the 2019 draft is That's a little true. bit better. Uh, Bill's been hanging on. We appreciate it. Bill, go ahead, my friend. Hey, you guys doing great tonight? Good Thank you. Show. Thank you very much, man. We appreciate that. I've got two quick points I'd like to make. Uh, driving home from the game, I heard you guys start talking about when are we going to forget about Marcus Peters? And then you just did it after Sherry called, and I was cheering. I was absolutely cheering because you're absolutely right. We need to start forgetting this guy. It's like breaking up with a girlfriend or a wife, and she <laughs> marries a guy down the street. You know what I mean? Yes. You're not going to get her back. Uh, you're going to see her out in public from time to time. <laughs> you need to get over it and move on. That's just all there is to it. And the thing is, we're never, ever going to know the truth about what happened, why he had to go. Clark isn't going to come out and tell us. Andy isn't going to tell us. Mark Donovan, Brett Meach, nobody is going to come out and tell us the real truth. So we might as well accept it and move on and get these – Give our support to these new kids. Good or bad, they deserve it. They're playing their tails off. Hey, great phone call, Bill. We appreciate that. One more before we go to uh, the Chiefs locker room. Let's hear from Fred in Kansas City. What's up, Fred? Yeah. Hey, Fred, do me a favor. Turn your radio all the way down, please. Turn your radio all the way down, please. Okay, I turn it all the way down. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to hear me coming through your radio back into the phone. All right. All right, what's on your mind tonight, Fred? about Marcus Peters. It's about Bob Sutton defense. All right, hit me. Yeah, that Bob Sutton was going to mess this whole season up. You know why? Because he's too old and we need a, 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 a young defensive coordinator with good ideas. Bob Sutton will, will not, he won't make it. I don't understand. He, he, he don't have no kind of scheme. He don't have nothing. Okay? That's all I got to say. Hey, thank you very much, Fred. You two, heard... two guys going to get the most attention this year, Marcus Peters and Bob Sutton. Yeah, that's... Not, not a ton of Bob sativity in that, that guess. Right? Not very Bob sativity. Here's some Bob sativity for you, Peter. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. I think I heard Chris Jones mention that they ran about 15 or 20% of the stuff that they plan on running in the regular season this preseason. So I don't think we've seen what the plan is for this defense. I don't expect, and we talked about this week one when Steven Nelson was 13 yards off on a third and three. I We, we mm-hmm. haven't seen what this team's going to dial up. If they really do go with a press-heavy scheme, that could actually be beneficial for David Amerson, believe it or not, if they're doing more stuff, just kind of lining up across the board and pressing just let's let's just get through four regular season games and see yeah. where we're at. 
I understand. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I want to see what this team is. Do, do you feel good after the preseason? No, but you still deserve. They still deserve at least the first quarter of the regular season before you're passing judgment on what the entire year is going to be. And I'm eager. I'm eager to see week one. Uh, let's go inside the locker room now and hear from safety Armani Watts after the Chiefs beat the Packers in preseason game number four, 33-21. Here's Armani. To win the interceptions tonight, uh, how would you assess your uh, play here tonight? Uh, pretty uh, good day. Uh, make a couple plays. Uh, tips and no throws is what we harp on all the time, so I had to make those plays, get those interceptions. Is the game starting to slow down for you a little bit? I know you said after the first preseason game you could tell there was a difference from when you were mm-hmm. hanging out to playing in your first NFL preseason game? Uh, I most definitely think it slowed down. Uh, having more reps in practice and getting a couple games under my belt. I'm just seeing how different to the game is and just being able to go out there and fly around have fun. So it's, it's been slowing down. With a game like this, what does that for your confidence going into the regular season? Uh, big confidence knowing it's the last preseason game. Uh, I was out there, had a lot of reps, and uh, just go back in the film room and see what I can fix and improve on and get ready for the season. Knowing that this was going to be the final game and you were going to get a lot more reps, what was your mentality going into this final game? Uh, really, this game, just going out there, pull it out out there, cut it loose, have fun, and, uh, just make plays. And uh, defense came together, made a couple plays, and came out with a W. Do you feel any extra pressure going into this last game? Uh, not, not at all. Not any extra pressure. It's just going out there and do what I love. What are these next couple of days like? Uh, what do you think they're going to be like for you and and uh, your fellow rookie teammates? Uh, just getting uh, our bodies back and getting ready to go to work. When they, uh, when it's time to get ready for practice. Money, I know you played well, but what did it mean for a lot of you young guys, mm-hmm. Byron, Chase, you know, Ben? How much did it mean for all of you guys to play well tonight? Uh, it's a huge confidence boost having a bunch of young guys making plays out there. Uh, our first year, though, uh, getting out there and show what we can do and contribute to this team, so it was, it was real huge. Money, I'm sorry I got here late. Can you describe the play where you got the pick and, and what happened? Uh, just in the post. Uh, Quarterback overthrew the route and I uh, just was there in the right position to make the play. Um, get on those jugs and be able to make interceptions in the game. What about the other one? Yeah. Um, same, I was in the post, overthrew the ball, uh, went, and go get, um, went to go get it, made a dive for it. Have you made that kind of interception in college? Uh, I made a couple of uh, freakish interceptions in college, so uh, it was pretty. I, didn't, I haven't seen it yet, so I still don't even know what it looks like. So. How sweet, were the, how sweet were those moments, especially knowing that, you know, you guys got a, a limited time to prove yourself? Uh, it was just real sweet moments, just having fun out there and just being out there with the guys. It was just so fun. Will you go back and watch that? Oh, most definitely. I, I got to see what it looks like. <laughs> Armani Watts, after the uh, the win tonight, I made some freakish interceptions in college. <laughs> Did he? What have you done freakishly, Pete? Man, I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe some, some dance. I'm a, I'm a fantastic wedding dancer. All right. I would say I don't know if it's freakish. Can but you, I, you can wobble with the best of them, can't uh, you? No doubt. I can uh, freakishly eat an entire bag of pickle chip Lay's potato chips. Same. Freakishly, but I can crush that bag like a freak. Family sized Doritos. All right. Day. Okay. All right. Family sized. I name wedding I dancing, and you two are eating Doritos and what'd you say? Pickled. Pickle chips. Pickle chips. We're, like living, pickle, our, we're pickle. living our best life. People. Right. Be you, best. You guys sound like you're more fun than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, quick question. Yeah. Did Armani Watts basically just admit that he stumbled into two interceptions? Yeah, he's like, well, the quarterback <laughs> overthrew both, and I just went and got him. I was in the post, and, you know. <laughs> a lot of times, though, listen, hey, this is why they're defensive backs. A lot of times, guys will just drop them. So, I mean, if they come to you, you got you to gotta pick them as well. So, it's it's good good sign. Let's go back to the locker room and hear a bit from head coach Andy Reid. All right. Um, as far as injuries go, um, we really I mean, we came out pretty good. Pringle, uh, 
tweaked his hamstring a little bit right there at the end, but um, it looked like he got it pretty good. So we'll, we'll just have to see how he does here in the next little bit. But all in all, uh, it was great to get these young guys in there, give them an opportunity to play. Um, there are a number of them that did a, did a good job. I, there were some good performances, and uh, they'll make uh, Beach, Brett Beach's job hard in the next couple of days here. So uh, he'll, he'll go back to the drawing board here and watch the tape, and, and then uh, next few days, in the next couple of days here, he'll, he'll make his decisions. So, but that's time for Ronnie Watts, just have you seen him progress from when he first got his rookie minicamp to play Yeah, Watts, yeah. He, uh, he had a big night tonight with the two interceptions, and that's what you saw at AM. Um, instinctive player. It's just a matter of him playing more. Uh, you're going to see a different player each each week in a positive way, I think. Um, and so he, he was an instinctive player coming out. The more he's played in the defense, uh, the better he's gotten in that area. He's got good hands, and pretty good catches right there. So uh, he did a nice job. Sandy Reid uh, afterwards highlighting the guy we just heard from there, Armani Watts. Yeah, Armani had a good night. And I don't, I don't think Armani was the type of guy that you were questioning whether or not he's making this team. He is. I mean, it's just kind of solidified it. I don't even think he necessarily needed solidification. I have a prediction here. I, I think uh, All right. I think Byron Pringle's little tweak's going to get a lot worse before Saturday. And he's going to get put on the IR, and they're going to try <laughs> to hold on to him for an extra year. He looked bad. He, it looked like it was bad. Well, I mean, said, I know, but and he said tweak, and then as soon as he went down, he he grabbed that, and and he struggled to get off the field. You can, uh, this is Andy Reid's dictionary of injuries. Tweak, got it pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty serious, and like that's the levels. That's of the it. hierarchy. So he he thought he he forgot for a second that it was like a little bit more serious. So he he went with the the tweak. And then he had to say to himself, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Here, right, are you, are you sure he's not covering his tracks to make it sound better for when, you know, someone complains about a guy with a tweaked hamstring going on the <laughs> right, injury room? Let, let's hear this again. Let's hear it again. All right. Um, as far as the injuries go, um, we really I mean, we came out pretty good. Pringle uh, tweaked his hamstring a little bit right there at the end, but um, it looked like we got it pretty good. So we'll <laughs> tweaked his hamstring a little bit at the end, but it looked like he got it pretty good, though. So assess that, Dr. Sweeney. I mean, listen, the, it sounds like he's going to be done for the year. I mean, <laughs> let's just be honest with everyone right now. I mean, everyone, every year, the Chiefs try to have an honorary Tyler Bray IR award. And that year, or in this year, it's going to our man, K-State local wide receiver, Byron Pringle. The Tyler Bray 54th man award. <laughs> I like it. Demetrius already has that, so this is the 55th man. Let's talk to our man Reggie out in Anaheim who dialed us up every week, and we appreciate that. Reggie, what's up, man? Yes, sir, on the west side because it's the best side. How y'all doing? <laughs> all right, all right. Good evening. Yes, sir, real quick. So, and I'm, I don't want to belabor the whole Marcus Peters point because, I mean, I'm sure we're all pretty much talk, tired of talking about it at nauseum, but I just want to bring up a couple quick points. Um, when and I think one of you guys had brought it up earlier, we we had an opportunity even if you weren't going to re-sign him long term. I mean, at least for this year, we had an opportunity to have Kendall Fuller and Marcus Peters on the defense with the Eric Berry uh, and a much improved run defense. So I mean, you know, you can't tell me the Chiefs can never tell me that they're committed 100% to winning, and you can't uh, you can't handle the fan base can't handle 
a kid that is very much East Oakland all the way uh, in the Midwest. Like, to me, the, the fan base ran them out of Kansas City as much as the Hunt family did. So I'm cool with it. You know, obviously he's gone, but the Chiefs can't tell me, hey, man, we're trying to win. Because if you really were trying to win, you would have found a way to work it out. I mean, he never broke a law. He was always quietly working in the community. He was just a kid that was just out of place in the Midwest. And in this particular, our, our fan base did not accept his difference. So that that's all I'm saying. Last point is, is uh, the, obviously the, the Chiefs front office uh, know that they made a blunder by not adequately preparing for the departure of Marcus Peters because they just traded for another cornerback. So, I mean, you can't tell me that, you know, we're better off without Marcus Peters, at least this year, because you had an opportunity to have the best of both worlds. So you guys have a good night, man. Have a good show. You too. Thanks, Reggie. Appreciate it. Um, they thought they were going to be able to get by with Kendall Fuller, Nelson, um, Amerson. And, and the, the, the answer is no, because you could have had two ones. Now you got a one and you, you have uh, or, warm bodies or land of which is all those guys mixed in together. It's just hard to not think other quarterbacks are going to pick on that side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, more from head coach Andy Reid after tonight's win. Yeah, I think it's important that he just keeps going. And, um, and we'll, we'll see how that all works out. But, uh, positive that you see is, again, he's, he's a guy that normally didn't make the same mistake twice. He's getting better every week um, and playing faster in, in return with it. So it's, um, and then you know, he did a nice job on team. So it's, all, all of it was a pretty positive night, I think, for him. Well, I'll find out after I look at the tape. But from what, what we saw, it looked like it was a pretty solid job. Was the idea about tonight to get as many reps for uh, Matt and, and Chase? Yeah, so... Um, it was, yeah. So I want to give Chad a series, um, and they had some guys that they were going to potentially play on defense um, that, that uh, were coming back off injury, and they were you know, going to work them into that defense, which is a new defense, so um, they could potentially throw a few things at you. Uh, they can do that. And uh, I thought it would be good work for, for Chad to get that. And um, Nope, I hit the button. I hit stop. My apologies, guys. I'll come back to that a little bit later on. But uh, he was talking there about Chad Henney. We've talked a lot about Chad in the past. And if anything happens to Pat and Chad's your quarterback, eh, season's kind of, you're looking at that top that top five, top six draft pick. I thought that Chad had a decent night tonight. And I think that he could potentially fill in for Mahomes. But, all, but also to me, I think you're looking at, Unfortunately, when it comes to Chad Henney, you're looking at two injuries to Pat or or two games. If you have any more than two games with Chad Henney, I don't necessarily think you're making the playoffs, especially in this tough of an AFC conference. I don't think that Chad Henney is here to help this team win a Super Bowl if Pat Mahomes goes down. He's here to be a soundboard for Patrick Mahomes, help him to grow and develop within the offense, um, have it kind of be a veteran presence for him to kind of have that experience there. If Chad Henney has to play for an extended period of time, this season is over, and I get to start writing about the draft much quicker. <laughs> it must be late. Ken's just throwing demands around. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he's got a baby at home he wants to go wake up and feed. I think Kent 
or I, I think what Chad Henney offers to the Chiefs is the third offensive coordinator, or maybe even a fourth. If you want to consider Andy Reid's an offensive coordinator, then you have the real offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Mike Kafka is another offensive coordinator because he's going to be working very closely with the quarterbacks. Then you have Chad Henney, who's just a little bit of a different, I think, look into Patrick Mahomes. Like, he's not a coach. You know, there are certain things that you can go to a teammate with that you can't go to a coach with, and I think that's a good person to have in the room for him. Again, if he's playing, the, this is not going to be the season you want to see from the Chiefs. Let's go back into the locker room again. Here's more from head coach Andy Reid. Andy, did you talk about uh, Pringle in the return game as well as his receiving? Yeah, you know what? It looked like he did a pretty pretty nice job there. Yeah, um, there and receiver. I mean, both both, both ends of it. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, it was one of the pluses coming out. So it's too bad he got hurt. But I mean, it's, you know, he... Uh, I love that answer, by the way. Um, you know, he, he obviously he didn't want to talk about the trade because he can't. It's not finalized yet. Yeah, a quick note on that. This is another reason why the NFL is so dumb. I mean, I was a Chiefs reporter for years. Things have hap- Things would happen all the time. But because you're an employee of the team, if you say anything, it's regarded as tampering. So that actually happened to the Chiefs this season when for 45 days, everyone knew Alex Smith was a Washington Redskin. And you got to pretend on the website and, and everything. It's just... Another weird thing that the NFL does, it's just like if reporters can know and deals can become finalized, why not just make them official at that time and then everyone just can know the information? It's just anyway. So, yes, that the deal that everyone in Kansas City knows about that's on our website right now, the Chiefs can't even comment on until it goes through the league process. Like we're in 2018 NFL. Just this is why you're behind the NBA. The Major League Baseball trade deadline is broken on Twitter. (laughs) right hundred percent a hundred percent and and like instead of the nfl being trailblazers and saying we're gonna grab this by the horns we're gonna be the only league where you know what when it comes out it becomes official all the teams can talk about it it's just like let's just stay like in the 2000s and late 90s and 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 it's and the team gets hurt because of it and it it's just it just seems silly like everyone in the room knows that you traded for this ward guy you can't comment on it why I love the diversion, anyway, too. Sorry. It goes into the, well, in general, Andy, how do you feel about the secondary? His exact words, I kind of like some of the things I'm seeing 
Orlando is in the mix, and David Amerson is getting better. What do you like in your secondary that's not named Kendall Fuller? That, that sounds like two veterans who could get cut. Because, that, that's what Andy those were his words. When Andy Reid isn't high on someone, he's not going to like badmouth them, but he will say as little as possible and that was kind of the read i was getting i was waiting for david amerson to be mentioned because it, it he took was. him a while to get to amerson finally he's got to get better well and it, but it took him so long to get there i was like okay we still haven't heard from amerson is there hope for my guy <laughs> arian springs right now by the way happy friday to you and yours officially <laughs> friday <laughs> regular season on the way we uh we will wrap this one up final thoughts on this one and uh 10 days out now nine days out. Nine days out. Going to California. Going to Cal- Who's going to Cal- Which one of you guys goes to L.A.? We, neither of us. Oh, so you're stuck with me then. We'll be, we'll be here with you oh, in studio. That is a big loss for you guys. <laughs> that is a big loss. I've been to California loss. one time. I don't know if it fits with my like vibe. Uh, no. I lived there for 10 years, actually. Lived in San Diego for a long time. Okay. Well, uh, there yeah. you go. I don't think they'd let me back in. But anyway, uh, you're listening to 610 KCSP Kansas City. KRBZ HD2 Kansas City. Coming up, we will wrap this up. uh, And maybe another word from Andy Reid, if we can squeeze one out of him before we get out of here after the Chiefs beat the Green Bay Packers in preseason game number four. The 7th Street Casino, Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. What if I told you that site provided headlines, two-minute updates, film reviews, hot takes, Chiefs videos, and more? What if I told you there was no Chiefs website on the planet that updated their site more often? All Chiefs all the time. Arrowheadpride.com. All right, coming up, our final thoughts, plus uh, a preview, because you guys over at Arrowheadpride.com, Pete Sweetie and Ken Swanson in studio with me, Mike Wicket, after the uh, Chiefs beat the Packers. 33-21, to 21, final preseason game. You got it right here on the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride post-game show. You guys will have 10 days to get people hyped for this game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Big uh, weekend coming up at ArrowheadPride.com tomorrow morning. We'll have our 53-man projection. When is the cut? What Saturday. What Saturday. Should be 3, 3 p.m. Central. 3 p.m.? Okay. Yeah, but we may not get the release in a little little bit later than that, maybe like 4-ish, 5. Usually, it's, usually you're waiting until like the early evening to get the release, so we'll have that for you on Saturday. Plenty of analysis from the boys. Right now we have a film review by Mr. Beer of the Week, Craig Stout, on any, anything you need to know about the new cornerback for the Chiefs and Ward. And that's up there right now. We'll have winners and losers. Plenty of content coming your way. And then we'll have more stuff next week coming your way, some announcements, some really exciting stuff for the week one. So it's it's Arrowhead Pride, and it's a lot of momentum right now. We're excited about it. I was going to say, I saw a tweet from Kent on Twitter, and it was like, we have a lot of exciting things to announce. I'm like, no one ever tells me anything. I guess I'm not I'm, – I'm on the air with you guys, but I'm not privy to the information. I'm invited to the Fantasy Football League, but I'm not privy to the information. Just wait next week. Okay. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you off. Fine, fine, By fine. By the way, the Arrowhead Pride Fantasy Football League – as the editor-in-chief, I am getting an Arrowhead Pride Cup for the employees. We're playing for a cup. The loser, 12th place, has to wear an Oakland Raiders shirt to the Arrowhead Pride meetup <laughs> in 2019 <laughs> at St. Joseph. Early favorites are on Matt Lane wearing that jersey. By the way, you should uh, make it more than just, I'm talking full Raider gear. Like a full helmet. Paint. Paint. Silver and black. Black and silver Zumbas. The, the, oh, yeah, the spiky shoulder Kiss pads. band. Sh- yeah. The, right. Oh. You have to get dressed up like such, Al Davis. They'll get such looks. Yeah, that'll be great. That'll be great. <laughs>
We could get like an I suck at fantasy football sign over his That's shoulders. actually my logo in our league. Oh. Just so you know, it's a unicorn saying I suck at fantasy football. Do you? Fun, yeah. fun so are you going to be the one dressing up? I like might you? be Raider. I might be the Raider fan next year. Fun little wrinkle for the readers, if they care this much, is you'll be able to look publicly at what's going on in the Arrowhead Pride <laughs> Fantasy League, so you'll be able to check in on games and rosters and things like that, if you want. Yahoo. Thank, uh, thank you, Yahoo, for that. Oh, man. Shout out to Red. If you guys want advice, just watch my, uh, watch my <laughs> Shout team. Shout out to T-Duck. <laughs> hey, uh, one more. Let's dip one more time into Andy Reid. We're going to hear from Chase Litton coming up as Uh-oh. a battle for that third quarterback spot Uh-oh. was on tonight. But first, here's uh, the rest of Andy Reid down in the Chiefs' locker room. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that, that all goes. But I, I think we... Uh, yeah, we, we've got. Um, we, we feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I mean, not listen now. Not that you always don't keep your eyes open sure. for things, but, but I think we have a, that's a solid group. How about tight end after Travis and, and Demetrius? How yeah, that's one of the things we've got. To, we've got to talk about. You know, I mean, that's uh, <clears throat> Travis. And, you know, D had a good. He had a good camp, and uh, but he's also not going to be with us the first game, so. And then that position is one of those that we got to look at. And just uh, I thought both guys, or all three guys, really did a nice job. You mentioned earlier this week that you wanted young guys to make it harder on Brent and you to evaluate. Do you feel like that was accomplished by a good number of people? <laughs> yeah, no, I, listen, there, there weren't a lot of uh, penalties tonight. The guys played. Um, they got a lot of time. It'd be a great film to evaluate. And um, I, I think. Uh, they made it tougher on you, I think, in some cases. So, and that's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. Last two, you're going away. Okay, you did finish it up. Coaches, what is it like for you? I know that there are a lot of veteran starters you need to play tonight. What's it like for you as a coach to see them enjoying watching the young guys who they practice with every day up in camp, get an opportunity to go out and play as much as they did and look like they're having a pretty good time? Yeah, no, they. Uh, I thought they did a good job. They they get excited about it. They <clears throat> they do coach. You know, they coach, and some of them you got like slap away. You know, they just want to call all the plays and do all that. So calm them down. Yeah, they, they did a good job. Like, they're very enthusiastic, and they help the guys out. Even guys that are possibly compete for their their job, they're you know they're uh, they're coaching them up, and it's kind of fun to watch. Sandy Reid, after the win today, uh, he didn't really talk too much about the third-string quarterback. We heard him talk about Chad Henney a little bit earlier. Chase Litton, Matt McGloin going after that second spot. Here was Chase Litton uh, after the win. Uh, you know, personally, it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, played football, and, and, I mean, everything I got for it, you know, I asked for it. You know, it's everything you work for to be out on that field with these guys as these pros, and I hope I can keep doing it. What does it mean to have some success? You had the great drive the first game. You had the inter- the, the touchdown pass. What, what's that mean to you? I mean, you know, it's sweet, but, uh, you, know, you know, I didn't finish that first game. You know, we didn't, we didn't win the game. Uh, you know, the game I threw a touchdown, we didn't win the game. You know, we were trying to win games. Uh, it, it's a cool uh, little personal accolade, but it's not, you know, we, we want to win. And uh, tonight we're in the red zone too many times and couldn't finish touchdowns. But, you know, at the end of the day, we won the game. How far have you come as a quarterback, as a football player, since you, you started working with Andy Reid? Uh, the knowledge of the game, man, it's, it's, it's priceless. You know, I, would, I wouldn't trade it for anything. No, your parents were here tonight. Have they been able to come to all your preseason games, or is this the first No, this one? is the first one they were able to come. Uh, you know, my mom's been, been sick dealing with some things, and so my dad's had to take care of her. But, uh, 
lucky enough, you know, they got to come out of this one. What is that like for to have the Matthew? Did you get to talk to him before the game or, or see them at any point tonight? Yeah, you know, I, I got to see him before, and it was, uh, you know, put a smile on my face to see my mom just, you know, crying that I'm even here, you know, that, that, I, that I'm able to keep playing this game. Uh, you know, just being around her and, and seeing her and then seeing her pregame really, uh, really got me going. Can you imagine seeing your mom over there crying? You're, you know, you're this guy, you went to Marshall, came out early, big kid. What an awesome moment for a mom to see your son playing at Arrowhead. Yeah, I mean, that that to me, probably pretty special. I, I mean, can, I can only imagine. Kent cried when he saw Chase Litton on the field. I can only imagine mom crying when can you see you Chase me? Litton on the Chase field. Chase talking with a little bit of swagger, 13 for 21, 166 yards, and hopefully a J-O-B. We will I, find out. I'd, I'd bet on it. Uh, biggest takeaway, Kent, that you took from this preseason as the Chiefs wind up winning this one uh, 33-21. Let's see. They they've lost the first one. They beat. What was the record? Two and two? Two and two in the two preseason? And two. two and two in the preseason. Even Steven. You know, they've done a really good job of, of bringing an influx of young talent. And I am very encouraged by some of the guys that they drafted. Not all of them. Some of the guys they drafted. And also they brought in some really good undrafted free agents I anticipate will make this roster. It was really good to watch them tonight and this entire preseason. Give me a hot take. Who, by the way, is a surprise cut Saturday, Kent? Let's uh, let's start out with uh, David Amerson. Gone. Wow. Pete, what would you take away from this preseason? <sighs> this is not going to be something that a lot of Chiefs fans want to hear, but I just think they're a year away. Uh, there'll be a lot more cap space next year. There's a whole other draft class. They got a couple of uh, picks um, or in early rounds next year because of the trades and things like that. And, uh, you know, first rounder to me, I just don't think the secondary is going to get the Chiefs back into the playoffs. Uh, it'll be good to have Mahomes have another year under his belt, but uh, I don't know, my eyes for this team becoming a championship team based upon this preseason, we got a long way to go, is I just think they may be a year away. Hot take, surprise cut coming up on Saturday. Unfortunately, because I like him a lot too and reminds me of sure Kendrick West a little bit, I think DeAnthony Thomas is no longer going to be a member of the Chiefs. I just think he does one thing that is replaceable. I think they've been working Tremont Smith at that at that kick returner position, that punt returner position, because they think he has shows some promise. So I think they continue trending in that direction, save a roster spot, maybe take another receiver. Boys, it's been fun in the preseason. We do it for real in 10 days. It's party. We'll be, uh, yeah, let's go get some cocktails, right? Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> it is Friday. That's very, very true. We'll do it for real. We'll be on the air two hours before Chiefs and Chargers nine days from now. Thanks to our producer, Kent. I'm sorry, our producer, Chris. For Kent and for Pete. I don't know. It's late. <laughs> We're all exhausted. I'm Mike Wicked. Thanks so much for listening. Get more at arrowheadpride.com. This has been the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. The coverage continues with articles, pictures, video, and interviews on arrowheadpride.com and 610sports.com. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, Seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend.
I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>